0: As we begin this morning, let's pray. Lord, give me a pure heart that I may see you, a humble heart that I may hear you, a heart of love that I may serve you, a heart of faith that I may abide in you. The peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. The peace of Christ be with you, and also with you. Let's stand and share a sign of peace with each other. As you may have seen this morning when you came in, uh, we have uh, the men's emergency shelter this week. And uh, whenever we shelter folks in the building, I am very uh, conscious of the fact that uh, Jesus taught us that if we give water or aid or assistance to anyone in need, we are giving it to him. And so I become very conscious of the fact that during the week, um, Jesus is walking around in this space. I, I, I uh, don't know how else to explain it to you, but um, I'm very conscious of doing things well <laughs> while we're being hospitable uh, to these folks. And um, I, uh, I want to ask you, as we begin the week tonight at 7 Uh, You pray for us, those of us who will be working with them and spending time with them. Um, They're usually a good bunch of men, um, and we have some really good conversations, so uh, please keep that in mind this week. And uh, we we have been blessed, by the way. Uh, I received a call yesterday from uh, St. Peter's Congregation, Roman Catholic Church, and they are going to be providing uh, some of the overnight staff as well as providing the men with a meal in the evenings because their facility is under renovation and they couldn't host this year, so they're going to join us in taking care of the guys. And I thought that was really cool. I mean, that's a beautiful interfaith, ecumenical kind of thing to do. And uh, the lady is really, really very nice. I enjoyed talking to her. So as we begin this week to entertain and uh, give uh, hospitality to the Lord, um, let us call ourselves to worship with the words of Scripture. Our help is in the name of the Lord, creator of heaven and earth. Grace to you and peace from God, our creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom. God, who is the source of our life in Jesus Christ, calls us not because of our skill or worth, but because of God's great love and summons us now to worship. Come. Let us worship the Lord. Come into God's presence, we take our position as men and women who are tainted with sin. And so we come to our prayer of confession as God's people, seeking the assurance of God's forgiveness of us in Jesus Christ. Please join me in the prayer of confession found in your bulletin. God of mercy, we confess that we rely on our own wisdom rather than on yours, and we trust our own strength. Instead of your holy power, we are surprised to find that we are foolish and weak and try to hide the truth from ourselves, from others, and from you. Forgive us that we might trust in your goodness alone and relying on your power, seek to do your will, doing justice, showing mercy, and walking humbly with you. Holy God, holy and mighty. Holy Immortal One, have mercy upon us. Hear the good news. God says, I will cleanse them from all the guilt of their sin against me, and I will forgive all the guilt of their sin and rebellion against me. Therefore, in Christ, we stand forgiven. Thanks be to God. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And with all your might, this is the greatest and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, and so let us live. As we come to the reading of God's word, let us pray. Lift up your hearts. Lord God, may your word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
1: The word of the Lord from Micah 6, verses 1 through 8. What God expects of us. Hear what the Lord says. Rise. Plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, and your enduring foundations of the earth, for the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will contend with Israel. O my people, what have I done to you? In what have I wearied you? Answer me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt, and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent you before Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O oh, my people, remember now what King Balak of Moab devised, what Balaam, son of Beor, answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. With what before him? With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. Our second lesson comes to us from the gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. And you will, of course, recognize this as the passage of the Beatitudes. Hear now the word of God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Robert Schuller made the Beatitudes a little bit more up to date when he published his book, The Be Happy Attitudes. And many times, even these words in Matthew's Gospel are translated in some versions of the Bible as happy are those rather than blessed are those. The word happy always bothered me always has. Because happiness is a state of mind. And uh, something that doesn't settle well after supper can affect your happiness. Uh, The word blessed in this text has far more weight to it than happiness. In the Old Testament... When God made his relationship with Israel in the covenant, he basically laid out the Ten Commandments and all of the laws that accompanied the Ten Commandments and said to the people of Israel, Now listen, if you do this, you will be blessed. But if you don't, what's going to happen? You'll be cursed. God will turn away. Now, when you read the Old Testament, you see that things get pretty bad in Israel. Lots of times. But you also are aware throughout the Old Testament that God is very faithful to his people, even when it gets bad. But there comes a point at which God says, Enough is enough. The word blessed for us carries much more weight because I believe in the New Testament, rather than this blessing and curse mentality, what is set up by Jesus is a a sense of identity in who you are. The word blessed in Greek is a simple word, makarios. Makarios. And the word makarios was used of all those who had died and gone on to live with the gods. They were the blessed ones. They were the ones that we would call the saints who have gone on before us. But in the translation of the New Testament, what is is very, very interesting is that the word blessed in Greek translates a word in Aramaic that has a whole other content and that we miss sometimes. I think that uh, this text especially emphasizes this heavier and weightier sense of blessedness. It is uh, the thought of Dietrich Bonhoeffer that I'd like to share with you, who influenced my interpretation of these words He writes, Jesus is speaking to the disciples. He is speaking to those who are already under the power of his call. That call has made them poor, tempted, and hungry. He calls them blessed not because of their want or renunciation. Neither want nor renunciation are in themselves any reason to be called blessed the only adequate reason is the call and the promise for whose sake those following him live in want and renunciation. I find this sense of honor and shame to be a very, very helpful approach to looking at the Beatitudes. Because many times Christians, as they read these words, think that somehow or other, instead of a statement, there is an imperative going on. Instead of reading it as, blessed are you when this happens to you, we read it as, when I get my act into gear to do this, then I will be blessed. And that's not the content or the way the message is presented, is it? I think that Bonhoeffer has a a truly, genuinely biblical understanding of this word, blessed, because what Jesus is saying is, listen, if you are my disciple, you are called to do and to be as I do and as I am. When you read the Beatitudes, what do they tell you? They tell you all about who and what Jesus is about. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Who is poorer than Jesus? I mean, what did he have? What did he possess? This morning when the shelter folks arrived... I was kind of overwhelmed at the number of black bags that they brought in. There must be 30 or 40 of them in there. And I said to myself, isn't this interesting because the last time that these guys were with us last year, at the end of the shelter, they left all those bags behind because they can't take that out in the street with them. I must have taken at least 20 or 25 bags, big black garbage bags full of their stuff to the Salvation Army last year. What kind of possessions did Jesus have? What kind of possessions does anyone who is called to be poor in spirit? Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. I mean, that is the very nature of what Jesus does for us in terms of the cross and his resurrection. He helps us understand that death is not the end, that life goes on. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. The way of living, the way of taking care of and loving your neighbor. All of these, you see, are indications of who Jesus is and what Jesus is about. And so when he's addressing the crowd as his disciples, he's saying to them, Blessed are you, not because of what you will or will not do, but because of who you are as my disciples. There is an assumption on the part of Jesus that if you are a disciple, you will identify with who Jesus is and what Jesus is about. Those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, those who are merciful, those who are pure in heart, those who are peacemakers, Even those who are reviled and persecuted are the people who are those that have been called Christians. Little Christs. Hmm. When was the last time you were able to think about the fact that you are Christ to the world in which you live? When was the last time you saw that in terms of being Christ to each other? Or to your family? Or to your friends? Or to your companions at work or school? The whole idea of our sanctification is tied in to this concept. That blessedness is not so much a state that we get to, or earn, or work our way up to, Blessedness is how we see ourselves in the world. How we identify ourselves as men and women and young people who are followers, disciples of Jesus Christ. And then that begins, you see, to change and transform the way we understand how we relate to each other, how we understand ourselves and how we live and work in the world in which we are. Bonhoeffer, as you know, died in prison only hours before the Third Reich fell. After years of running secret seminaries of training of German ministers, he tried very hard to work against the Third Reich, and did not succeed, was convicted, imprisoned, and died in jail the day before the Reich fell. Bonhoeffer's message to his students was all about understanding this blessedness in a world that was turned topsy-turvy, in a world where Nazism said that power and abuse and manipulation we're all virtuous when everything was turned upside down Bonhoeffer was preaching this message that we have to be as Christ in the world and you know what that may not necessarily mean that we're always going to be suffering or having to renounce anything but sometimes it may sometimes it may And that, too, is part of our call. To suffer with those who are suffering, to accompany those through their suffering who are suffering, and sometimes to simply suffer ourselves. That may be our call, and that might be part of who we are. But Jesus' words to us are these, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you, in the same way those men and women who who led and taught and governed Israel were treated and served. Those of us who believe and follow Jesus Christ are as they are. We are the people of God we are the presence of God in our world that is a high calling it is a deep calling and it tells us who we are blessed are you Makarios are you you are the saints of the living God let's pray We praise you, our God, for making your divine truth real to us in Jesus Christ. We ask that what we do, how we live, the way we love, may increasingly become a worthy response. Amen.